Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. What's going on, everybody? This is another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. Today, I am joined by Joe Barksdale, former NFL athlete turned fantastic musician. Musician, is that how you say it? I don't even know how to say the word. What's going on, Joe? Thank you for thank you for chatting with me today. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Actually, and as of yesterday, I became a professional comedian, too. That's fantastic. I know you had me giggling this whole time. I had to do like two different takes just to get this going. I couldn't even say the word musician. <laughs> so this is going to be a good one. I'm so excited that you took the time to talk with me today. And uh, we have a lot of good things to talk about. We're going to uh, we're gonna go over the new album that you're coming out with, Kyber Tapes, which is pretty much like a Star Wars funk album. But yeah. I, I, I liked it. But we're gonna, we'll save that for the best for last, you know? So okay. let's give a quick rundown of Joe. Playing the NFL, we're going to skip over that. We're both bored us talking about football, right? We already did it off camera. So 2011, he started his career. 2013, he actually picked up a guitar, and that was by Coach Jeff Fisher, right? If I read that correctly, he helped mm-hmm. you with that. Yep. Then 2018, speed that up. You dropped your first album called Butterflies, Rainbows, and Moonbeams. Listen to that a little bit. And then 2019, you released an EP. Two months later after that, you said, fuck this. I'm I'm done with the NFL and I'm sticking with music. Now, let's go through that timeline of that. So, NFL career started. You didn't want to be in the NFL, correct? No, I was addicted to competition, and that's where my first mistake was because I only played for losing teams. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, I, you know. No, so like. So what made you get into the NFL then, if you wanted to do uh, music? So it, it was just by default because you're just a big nerd? Because people said I wouldn't. People said, I mean, the same thing rappers talk about. People said I wouldn't be shit. You know, <laughs> like I, I didn't start playing football until I was like 15, 16 in high school. Coaches talking shit, you ain't going to be shit, you ain't going nowhere, all that other kind of stuff. Even when I became a Parade All-America, ah, oh, that's not real, blah, 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 blah. Then I went to college and people back home still talking shit. Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. So I was like, fuck y'all. I'm going to go to the league and have a career and I'm going to be one of the best to ever do it. Now, I did go to the league. I did have a career. In my mind, I was one of the best to ever do it. But no one will ever know because I was on terrible teams. <laughs> hey, not afraid to admit that. I like that. Yeah, like it's hard to make a pro bowl when you're 4-12 and 12 consistently. No one gives a fuck. Yeah, and it's a team effort too. And it, I feel like everyone was using reverse psychology to get you pumped up. Like, you ain't shit. And you're like, yeah, well... It's like passive aggressive motivation almost. I mean, maybe, but fuck them. I don't talk to any of them anymore. <laughs> perfect. You perfect. Know, now you're talking with me. Huh? Now you're talking with me. And now exactly. we're, we're pretty much best friends now, talking about exactly. morbid shit off camera. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so talk about it because you're from Detroit and that's like a big music city. I've been out to Detroit and you wanted to be a famous jazz musician. Is that true? Like, what are some bands and artists that you grew up to and you're like, I just love this? I love, I actually wanted to be a singer. I just never thought I would be able to sing. But like Marvin Gaye, I remember hearing like him and Stevie Wonder for the first time. And I'm like, God damn, this is, this is amazing. You know, and then you hear like the Sly and the Family Stone stuff and that kind of thing too. And it's fantastic. Of course, you got the gospel music influence being from the, um, you know, being from inner city, strong Christian presence. Um, and then you've also got the jazz aspect, like you were talking about Miles Davis, John Coach, all those cats that have come through the city and played at uh, one point or another. 
Um, and my talk about a Pro Bowl. Huh? That's a Pro Bowl team right there. All those, oh, yeah. all those people you put it. And, and then, like, the... be hundred percent honest, that's a Pro Bowl team. People will remember. Yeah. Who won the Super Bowl last year? Do you know? Yeah, probably not. Because yeah. you know, there's going to be another one next year, so it really doesn't matter. Exactly. Wants to hear that. There's only one Temptations, four tops. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's what I grew up with. My grandfather was huge into those. Like, so I love the Temptations, the four tops. And then you also have uh, legendary Insane Clown Posse from Detroit. Why did you forget about them? Because honestly, growing up in the city, there were so many. Like, I was t- I was just talking to someone else about this. Like, growing up, when I did, Detroit was very segregated. I don't know what it's like now, so I'm not going to speak on it because I'm not right. Um but there were so many different types of music. I'll put it like this. I went to Cast Tech High School. Jack White from the White Stripes went to Cast Tech. I didn't know who Jack White was till 2015. No shit. Like, very segregated from a musical standpoint. Like, I remember having to sneak and listen to rock music when I, even, even when I went to college, it was like, listen, who? The Killers? Like, you know, <laughs> or like The Strokes. I love The Strokes. If The Strokes are listening, y'all are the reason why. <laughs> I picked up a guitar in the first place. <laughs> That's awesome. You ever throw on, uh, if you throw on Mr. Mr. Brightside by the Killers, you'll get a whole white demographic party coming out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> All kind of emo shit's about to start popping off. People yeah. gonna start writing their ex-girlfriends, DMs. <laughs> yeah. You get real confident when the Killers come on. You really do, for no reason. Like, you still the same guy. Like, <laughs> you didn't put on a fucking cape. Like, you still, you know... Uh, that's neither here nor there you know i'm mr bryce baby i miss you i miss you like don't worry about where i'm at i miss you it's been four years (laughs) i don't care if you're married with kids we can still do this i'm your mr bright side (laughs) that is so interesting though that that different types of music and it's it's so weird that people put labels on like what you're supposed to look a lot listen to by the way you look like i listen to a bunch of stuff like i'll go down the list i'm like i listen to spice girls all the time like some girl was trying to call me out about spice girls trivia i i shunned her down i was like get out of here that's the fuck i'm talking yeah get out of here yeah dude she was like oh wow the spice girls was in an austin powers movie i was like no they weren't i was like mel b had a music video that's what you're talking about and she had to apologize and i was like spice up your life girl Hashtag me too that. I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> me too back. Me too. Um, I know Spi- I know Spice Girls. Yeah, come on. Spice up your life. Um, yeah. So you're playing the guitar. You're loving it. How did you get confident in playing the guitar? Because it's so hard to play. And when did, like in 2013, you picked it up. Then what? Like, how did you, how did you become where you are now? Working. <laughs> Obsessively like, kept working. But I mean... Were you Just teaching probably, yourself, or did you have some, like a, a specific person helping you out? Yeah, yeah, I've had a couple guitar teachers. Um, I'm a firm believer that like I'm, I'm still looking for a comedy teacher, but I'm a firm <laughs> believer that like you know, one, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. But if the student is ready before the teacher appears, there's also Craigslist where you can look up guitar teachers. You know, um, but I, you know, I, 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 I was always about having someone just to teach me at least theory. Um, cause I know theory was what made cats like Hendrix, um, and the other people that we talked about earlier. So special, um, it's very boring, very boring, but, uh, no, it's not boring at all. Off. Theory, theory is incredibly boring, especially if you're someone like me who doesn't know how to read music. Like I know theory, but I don't know how to read sheet music. Really? Yeah. So it's just like, just tell me what key we're in. We can, we can make this happen. That is super interesting. I can't, I can't play anything. I can feel beats and I can understand like 
music. I can understand music, but when it comes to playing, like, I don't know how people play drums. Like, my fingers hurt when I hold the guitar. I'm like, give me, like, a ukulele. Maybe, like, that's better for my fingers. No, nah, you play anything long enough, your fingers gonna hurt. Yeah? Yeah. But you play football, so I feel like a lot of football players, like, their hands are just, like, looks like they're throwing up, like, arthritis signs at all times. Like Not mine. No, you got... tape my fingers. <laughs> oh, so that's what it was for. People tape... Like, you didn't wear gloves, you just taped them up? No, no, no. I taped them up, then put on gloves, then put on wrist braces. Oh, okay. So you were double yeah. bagging it. Well, because I'm not going to be the dude that's like, like you just said, limping around, hands are fucked up. No one even knows who you are, bro. I can tell you how many Hall of Famers I've met. Oh, yeah, you know, back in my day. And I'm like, golly. <laughs> Picking up a water bottle. like, Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, you mentally retarded from the CTE. You know, I mean, there's a bunch of different stuff that happened. People yeah. can't walk, they ain't got no knees. You know, I had to have a back replacement. Well, how the fuck do you replace a back? Like, <laughs> like there's no back store. Swap my spine. Like, oh, okay, that's normal. I always, my mom always said, she's like, you gotta protect your back because they can't replace it, and she's got a bad back, so it makes that's sense. True. <laughs> and there's a lot of people with bad backs. A lot of people with bad everything that play, but I do think a lot of cats. You get to a certain point in your career because a lot of these dudes been playing since they were like four or five. Yeah. You get to a certain point in your career, you've been fighting through pain probably since college. Just because, you know, you've been playing since you were five. Like, now you're 25. You know, you've been just 20 years. And I think that cats get to a point where they're like, this is all I'm going to do. I'm going to be done when I'm 35, 36. There's, you know, this is the rest of my life. I'm going to just be chilling. And for right. those cats, it's like pedal to the metal. I'm going to just go to the wheels fall off. Um, some people are a little bit more concerned about their bodies, so they make different exit strategies, but it's all dependent on the person and their experience in the league. Like, if Tom Brady hadn't been winning as many Super Bowls as he had, I guarantee you his ass wouldn't still be playing right now. Yeah, you know? that's true. So you were looking out for yourself in the future. You weren't even worried about, like, some people, it sounds like they were just living day to day, and you were just like, you know what? There's there's a lot more of my life. Yeah, there's I a lot more to about. life. Like, I'm going to be at the, at the far end. I'm going to be 36 when I retire. It's, you know, I mean, as long as I'm not suicidal, that's at least another 20 years, right? <laughs> <laughs> at least. I, let's hope. Let's hope. But I we're can gonna, at least we're make gonna, it to 40. No. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a lot. I my I had someone say, they're like, and you know how people say life's too short? Someone said life's too long. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I think life you're on to something. Life is way too fucking long. Like, it, it is. Way too long. And people want to sit here and talk about, oh, but you have so much to live for. Don't kill yourself. You come live this life. <laughs> You come over here and live this life, and then you tell me what to do. Yeah. Like, like your, your best could you be... be here miserable with them. Don't kill yeah. yourself. Who am I going to bitch to? Like, <laughs> you know. It's like, my my best can be your worst, and my worst can be your best. It's like, people yeah. always say, I, I hate that. But no, let's get to that soon, because I feel like me and you are going to have a lot of gripes about mental health, which is going to be probably the best part of this interview. So, I, agree. I know, I feel like... You, when I was reading about you, you don't want to go into this because you, you feel like it's boring, but I feel like it's not. So when you had your, um, would it be an epiphany? Is that the word? Where you went out and you're like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm retiring. What exactly happened on your hike in California that you I was were frustrated. Like, yeah. I was fucking frustrated. I, I remember like it was yesterday we were walking, me and my wife, my wife and I, me and my wife, the voices in my head, the father, son, the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of people on this hike. Yeah. And, uh, no. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> We were walking, we came to this fork in the road and my wife's like, I think we're supposed to go this way. And I'm like, yeah, this way looks shorter. Let's just, let's just go this way. That way ended up being an extra five fucking miles. Oh. 
so what was supposed to be a five mile hike turned out to be like a 20 something mile hike because I thought, hey, this is a shorter cut or, you know, whatever. And so now I'm frustrated because of a decision I made trying to force some shit that I knew wasn't going to work out subconsciously all along. This is how I've been feeling for the last eight years playing football. That was it. Like, that's, I was frustrated as hell on the hike. And I'm like, why does this feeling feel so familiar? Oh, because this is how I feel every day walking into this job, walking into a job where people are going to talk shit about you for silently taking a knee during the national anthem while they order beers and take dick pics in the stands. Like, this the kind of job where players can win a collusion lawsuit against the NFL, but people are still like, yeah, no, I think George Floyd died because of the fentanyl. Like, you, you're having what, what we call is logic right now, and people don't like logic, all right? Especially when you're playing ball. Like, logic. I, I came here to watch football, boy. What, logic. Like, if I had logic, I wouldn't be fucking my sister. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, You know what it is, too? It's because they, they think you're just athletes, and that's all you, you can talk about is, like, being athletic. It's like. Yeah, uh, and I definitely I, start. I talk. I, I'm not saying I talk crazy to people in the streets, but people, oh, you play a little football and I'm like, no, do I not deserve to live on this planet if all I can do is play football? Like, I feel like I killed myself if that's all I could do. Oh, no, 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 don't be suicidal, bro. I'm just saying, no, you're just saying that because I'm big and black, all I can do is play football. That's what you're saying. Well, joke's on you, bitch. According to AfricanAncestry.com, I'm half Spanish. Funny enough, I took Ancestry.com and I found out I was 5% Nigerian and 5% Southern Band 2. Bantu? Come on back to Wakanda. Oh, dude, just... I'll come, dude. I'll be like that. What, oh, what was his name? The 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 white guy that was uh, in the suit from uh, that went over. Ah, oh, goddamn, I can't think of it right now. We were talking Star Wars. Soldier. Yeah. Bucky Barnes. No, I, I know Bucky. I know Bucky. The um, no, I'm, I'm gonna. We were talking Star Wars. I can't be going back to Marvel. Who's the Star- white the white guy in the white suit? Oh, you're talking about the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, get out of here. You're going to be setting me up. You're going to get me canceled, dude. We're both going to get canceled, all right? I'm going to have to be up here. I'm going to have to be joining your band with a tambourine in the background. Being like, yeah, this is 20 Tim in the back. You got me canceled. You got him canceled. I said it, not you. Yeah, but by association. Can you imagine that Marvel movie? In a world. No, t- Jesus. In a world where the neighborhood would never be the same again. One man had to stand up and speak out for what's right. Get out of here, you dark animals! The Ku Klux Klan by Marvel. Like, by Marvel. The little Marvel emblem's white. Like, this nation needed a hero. The A is like the is like the hood of yes. Marvel. <laughs> You're like, they're at a, you know, the origin stories always have the dumbest explanations. They could be at like a clan meeting. I can't see anything in this map. What? We need some light out here. I got a cross. We can burn that. Fuck it. Like, let's go. Oh. Burn this cross. I think the horses need white sheets too. Okay, we're doing a lot now. I'm just saying, if we're going to do it, we might as well do it all the way. Attention to detail. All the horses just die of fucking, uh, they can't breathe. Asphyxiation. Yeah, they just kill a bunch of horses. Lazy ass horses. Fuck them. Oh my god, dude! I I love our conversations because we go right off the rails, and that, that's pretty much <laughs> like that's what I think that's where we we link up so well. It's, um, good. it's so, just like uh, a comedy set. Oh, perfect! This is what I need. I need some. I need some good hits. I need like more than like a hundred YouTube videos off this. All right, so you okay. you, you got big pressure on it. Um, I'm just pull my pants down. I'm pretty sure that'll get you at least fifty curious, dude. I'm about to do some dick pics in the stands myself, dude. I'm lucky I never sat next to that guy. 
<laughs> you'd be surprised when people are doing like this is legitimately what it sounds like. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for the national anthem. Oh, say can you excuse me, excuse me, Sheila. Sheila, did you bring the Confederate flag? I know we lost the war, but we need to let it fly. <laughs> Second By place trophy. Dons, I can't get a fucking signal in this place. I don't understand what's going on. Tom, it's Tom here. Well, so probably we... Can I get a beer, please? Excuse Essay. Hey, hey, let me get a beer. Let me get two beers. What do you want, sweetie? Two beers and a Diet Coke for my obese wife. <laughs> oh, say... Look at those animals down there taking knees for the, that's so disrespectful. This man is flying a Confederate flag, ordering beers on the phone. But you know, that's disrespectful. I don't, stand up, stand up you dark animal. Stand up like your daddy did when he walked away on Christmas. Oh, is that, is that someone said that to you? Yes. Oh, motherfuckers. And I was like, jokes on you, bitch. I wish he had walked away on Christmas. He came back. Worst gift giver. <laughs> Worst gift giver ever. What did he give you? Depression, anxiety, and suicidal uh, tendencies. <laughs> Merry that's, Christmas. That's the father, son, and holy ghost of depression. <laughs> <laughs> I told somebody that. I was like, depend, depend, I mean, not dependent. Between the, I say that, I'm like, between the holy trinity of mental illnesses with the autism, the anxiety, and the, well, autism is technically a disorder, but autism, anxiety, and uh, depression. But then also, I feel like I'm the fucking holy trinity of black stereotypes. Athlete, musician, comedian. Like, are you just here to entertain, bro? Like, my ancestors are probably up looking down from, I don't know, Black Panther heaven. Like, what in the fuck did we die for? Like, we were trying to show people we were more than this. And this dude quits one entertainment job to work two more. This ain't what MLK died for, man. You're he was probably also on fentanyl, so you know. You're a rap album from getting the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> Ladies I got them all. <laughs> Eight oh eights and guitar breaks. Here we go. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. But I think about that shit a lot. Like you know, it's funny. That's why I talk about it. <laughs> no, yeah. What's um? So as a child, when did like how was it from from where you were as a kid when you realized you had mental health? Like when did you start realizing that you had an issue? Is is I should say to easier terms instead of I would say. Probably when I was in elementary school, I remember like it was yesterday. And I still regret saying this to this day, but and for the outcome, not because I'll just say it. So uh, it was my birthday. It was the day before my birthday. Parents were in the room, you know, putting us to sleep. My mom is fucking nuts. Like fucking nuts. I have a joke about how my dad is one of the greatest actors that I've ever seen because he acted like he wanted to be married to my mom. Mm. And the tag on that is like, but don't feel bad. Like my mom's a bitch. Like, <laughs> you know, like she is. Anyway, um, what was the question? The, the mental health thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm probably like seven, eight years old. My parents had let me, my mom let me know like my entire life she wanted a girl, all that kind of shit. I'm not the girl she wanted. So at eight years old, I'm kind of like actually go back to when I was three years old. I started getting molested at daycare. And I remember thinking like, wow, this is the, the love and uh, affection that a mother's supposed to show a child. Like it was so messed up in the house that I thought that someone molesting me was them caring about me. Right. And that went on for years. But 
going to eight years old, I remember talk, looking at my mom, like, you know, I just feel like everybody's life would be better if I wasn't here. You know, like I regret being born. Um, I mean, I would say like the reason I am pro-choice in terms of like, it's your body, your choice is because mm -hmm. I wish my mom had aborted me. You know what I'm saying? And people shouldn't have to grow up like that, you know? But that was the first time when I said that to my mom and she went, I mean, mental instability, like she went off. Then my dad came in the room and started cussing. So I got in trouble for voicing an opinion about trying to make everybody else's life better. But that was like the first time that I can say that I legitimately like wanted to die and not be here anymore. At eight years like old? Eight or nine. Yeah. Wow. That is a tough feeling to have. And, yeah. and that I feel like, yeah, we're almost in the same ballpark of ages. So back then talking about mental health was, was very tough. You were just deemed a crazy person. Like if you're walking down the street, you saw some homeless guy talking to himself, like, oh, that guy's crazy. But then again, he, he could just have a mental issue that people didn't give him help for. Yeah. And, and that's the issue that we have to fix. And even you telling that story, I appreciate that because there's not a lot of strong people that would tell that and they would keep that down. Now, yeah. now I fast about whatever. Yeah, you're ruthless. Talk about I my love first it. physical. No, I'm just because <laughs> they they check your uh, prostate at your first physical, right? No, I'm just I'm just dude. <laughs> I'm gonna die in here. <laughs> but that's good. That's a good thing, though. I'm the same way. You have to make jokes about it to get through. And and, and you ever meet somebody that doesn't understand that? Where you make a joke and like, oh, you shouldn't joke about that, sweetie. No. You don't meet people like that. No. Wow. That's I'm good. Just tell him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, so but you're like. technically haven't met. <laughs> you're 6'5, dude. I'm 5'6. Like. I, I, I'll say this. So when it comes to the jokes, people actually, if anything, they come up and say, like, I was actually going to say you shouldn't talk about that until you delivered it the way that you did. And I'm like, oh, I just feel like I'm talking to one of my friends. Yeah. So no one said anything about that. What I get is being at church trying to talk about mental health. And everybody's grandma auntie thinks that I'm possessed. Oh, you know, there's just a couple demons inside of you. Oh, excuse me. You the exorcist of the year. If you get the fuck out of my face, lady, it's going to be a demon in your face. It's in my fist. I'm I sorry. I don't hit women. No, no, we don't. Captain America did punch a woman in uh, <laughs> that last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So gender equality. All right. We have to put a spoiler alert on this just in case someone didn't see it yet. That's true. You're right. The, the huge plot twist where Captain America punches a woman. <laughs> like, forget about all these uh, racial or social economic uh, discussions. I want to talk about the abuse. But yeah. Um, oh, you, you, I love how much you get me sidetracked. I want to talk Marvel right now. But no, we're going to keep on this mental health because this is 20 Tim Minutes, a mental health podcast that says fucked up shit about okay. mental health. Um, <laughs> Not with all these giggles. No, yeah, just ma ma yeah, imagine people like tuning in that didn't know that what this was and if it's talking about getting physicals as a three-year-old. Yeah, it's like, who the fuck are these guys and where yeah. can I get those drugs? <laughs> Give me all them drugs. Um, So from, from eight until when did you start seeking help? Did you ever uh, make any attempts? Did you keep thinking about that? Like, what was that road like until you got help? Like, what I had a couple of attempts between eight and 20. 728 whenever that la times article came out yep fans were talking shit about how i couldn't kill myself either like really nfl fans are the fucking worst Dude, they are the worst kind of secretly racist dumbass people you've ever met in your life if you feel offended by this i'm talking to you 
Yeah, it's always the people that are offended that. It's always the people that are offended. It's never the people that are like, oh, he can't be talking about me. I'm I'm not a piece of shit. You know, it's the piece of shit person. Like, son of a bitch, he know. Let me tell you something, you fucking nick. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But, uh, so I would say I got, the first time my mental health was really kind of discussed at all was probably in college. I think, um, like, I remember they had me meet with a psychiatrist like once or twice, but I shut down on him immediately. Cause I'm like, who the fuck is this guy asking me all these deep ass questions I've never met before in my life. Yeah. You know, like, been there. What? I don't trust people. So maybe that's part of it too. Tried again in 2013, 14, when that death happened. Um, I was on antidepressants medication um that stopped me from ejaculating it was terrible it killed um, dude these meds kill your sex drive and it's like it's like do i want to be mentally healthy or do i want uh my left stroke to be my death stroke and let's not even talk about like that's just the beginning of the side effects yeah you know, fucking up your stomach you got to take it for like a month to see if it works when you get off you're going through withdrawals never smoked crack in my life Shouldn't have to deal with the uh, adverse side effects is all I'm saying. Yeah. I do want to try crack one day though. That's between me and you and all okay. the listeners. Yeah, no one, um, no one try crack. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a thing on the screen that says don't try crack until you don't like, try crack. Yeah, until let you're me 90. do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> don't I'll let do... you know how it is. Give yeah. me some money and I can go buy it. No, I'm just playing. That's another thing. I that I always thought about that. It's like, how does one just go like if me and you were hanging out, but like, hey dude, Joe, you wanna go like try some crack? Like, hell yeah. You, you think that's how it works? Because it's like with weed, you're like, oh, I want to go smoke some weed. And they're like, yeah, I'll try it. But like, no, I never been to a party. It was like, hey, man, you get, we're smoking crack in the uh, attic right now. You guys want to come? That means you're going to the wrong parties, bro. That's true. No, that's true. You're actually, not as wasn't mentally ill as you think you are. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> if you haven't tried crack by 26, no, I'm just playing. You I ain't not living. Tried crack. <laughs> so with your journey because i know my wife had to deal with a lot of stuff how was it with your wife dealing with you when did you guys meet and when did you guys get married and how did she deal with your mental health and when did she learn about it so i met her in like the fifth grade um and out of anybody else in my life i've known her the longest by far yeah uh I would say she was kind of the first person I ever really talked to about it. And I talked to her about it, like in 2016, 2017. Um, she said that there were like things that she would notice from time to time. But I think I would say that she was less surprised when I told her about the autism. Apparently, I completely forgot about this. We went to go see the accountant. This was like when it first came out and it's like the credits rolled. And I was like, hey, that was a good movie. And she looked back and said, yeah. Hey, do you think you're on the spectrum? <laughs> Like just, just so casually, like credits are rolling. Yeah. Hey, by the way, who do we need to go to to talk to about this spectrum thing? This movie was a little too familiar for me, but uh, <laughs> but I would oh. say like she was surprised. But I would say the more I opened up to her about my life, things I've been through, things I've seen, and I've opened up to her more than anybody, and she doesn't know everything. She started to understand more. And she started to just get happy that I wasn't just clinically insane. Yeah. You know, because like people like me who grow up like me, they grow up to, I mean, among other things, pimps, drug dealers, prostitutes. You know, you talk about the sexual assault, the fledgling mental health at a young age, loss of self-worth. That's what we do. I mean, yeah, but um so i would say like more than anything the, the opening up part of it has definitely helped her 
understand stuff more. I mean, I didn't, I've known her since the fifth grade. She was the first person I told her about the molestation. I didn't tell her about it till we saw the perks of being a wallflower. If that's the movie I'm thinking, you know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen it, but. Okay. I, I think that's the movie. I'm not sure, but I know it was a book before it was a movie, but that was like the main, because the dude had tried to, I think the dude, the main character had tried to kill himself or one of his friends, but it turns out that like, you know, his aunt, molesting him and he was trying to like repress those memories and all yeah. that kind of stuff and that connected with me and i just thought hey this is a great time we have a lot of deep conversations during credit rolls hey you know <laughs> hey that was a good movie yeah it was by the way you know i was molested like <laughs> <laughs> speaking of touchy touchy feely feely uh <laughs> this touched me in the feels and it touched me in the feels yeah <laughs> And it reminded me of another time that a young lady touched me in the fields. Oh but, man, I love I, I love that your your comedic uh, performance is behind this. It, it, like you can sit there and feel bad for yourself, and and like people do, but the way you handle it is like I commend you so much because I'm the same way with 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 like how how we handle that type of stuff, especially yours. It's I, I commend you. I commend you with the way you handle it. It's exactly how I handle it on stage. It's the same way, the same casuality. It's not like, all right, we're going to dim the lights and talk about something a little serious. Yeah, right, guys. right. Someone owes me $20. No. And, <laughs> yeah. and your wife pretty much like helped save your life too. Multiple right? times. She's yeah. like a, the free therapist. That, that... Well, she's the free therapist and she's also just like, you know, my hope when I don't have any. You know, she's so hopeful. So, um, I'm not saying she's always positive and optimistic. Like, don't oh, yeah. Me. Yeah, I don't, I don't need anybody hitting her up like, hey, I'm, <laughs> I need help too. Like, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she's, you know, we, I mean, we make it a point that we see each other as a team. Like, we're a unit um, with two moving parts. So, uh, any way that we can be there for each other. You know, we, I mean, clearly that's why we got married. Right. She's all right. You know, yeah, no, I'm just, yeah. I can grow to love her. Yeah. No, but <laughs> we'll make it no, work. I mean, marrying her was like one of the, one of the best decisions of my life. Like without getting, you know, religious or like super philosophical, marrying her was one of the best decisions of my life. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, her and the kids are like, you know, and I'm not going to lie. Like my thought process when I wake up in the morning is like, God damn, I'm awake again. Fuck, I couldn't die in my sleep. Here we go. Yeah. Guess I better get out the bed before the depression sets in. Son of a bitch. Hey, I wonder where Brianna and the kids are. I hope they're doing okay. Like, I think about them before I think good thoughts about myself. I mean, thinking about them helps me think good thoughts about myself. That's so, good. Yeah, like, I, I, you know, I mean, I was going to say, like, love isn't strong enough of a word. No, love is strong enough of a word. People just overuse that shit. And now we're desensitized to it, but I love them in the old English definition of the word love. See, I, I love good people. Like the way I say I love you to my wife is different than like, so my big thing is I say I love you to people before I hang up the phone. Because if I did die, the last thing they heard from me was, oh, Tim told me he loved me. Because I'm a big proponent of that. Like, even though it's, it's kind of just my goodbye to people. I'm just like, hey, man, love you. I can dig that. Yeah, right? Yeah, you can take it. Um, so... What are you officially diagnosed with? Uh, I function in autism, chronic clinical depression, and a sanguine anxiety. Okay. Sometimes I go into a psychotic depression, and that's when things get really fun. 
<laughs> very colorful and very, very aggressive. Colorful. Oh, come to think of it, speaking of psychotic depression, I had a mental breakdown at the beginning of, the, of COVID, like the lockdowns and that kind of stuff, psychotic depression. Mm -hmm. That's where the R and Beats album came from. That was me working my way back from a psychotic depression. Um, yeah. So you put a lot into that. There's a lot of emotion. I mean, I would say I put the same stuff that I'm putting into this conversation myself and my real feelings. You know, yeah. I feel like if if I'm one of those cats that like it takes me like five hours to put a song together, especially if it's just a demo or something like that, I forced it. I forced it, and it's not good if you force it. So. I want, I mean, the same way I'm like this on stage, I'm like this in the studio because I'm always myself. So I just put myself into it, say what I want to say. You know, I mean, it sounds cliche, but. You know. it's it, it, The reason it's cliche, it's because it's the right thing to do. You got to be yourself. You can't apologize for who you are because then you're then you're putting that mask back on of, of hiding the depression. Be like, I can't even be myself. Like, you got to be open. You got to be honest with people. And you are probably the most honest and open and aggressively open guy I've met yet. I love it. <laughs> How else are we going to be? You'll find out about it eventually anyway. That's that's another thing I thought about. Like anything that I've ever talked about, which is everything now, you just better talk about it again. Because if you don't say nothing, we can just go look up an article. For yeah. Like, and not to mention, I got to say it for the other people who are like us. And people tell them like, ah, it's not that bad. Things could always be worse. I'm telling those people right now, shut the fuck up. Yeah. All right? Telling somebody things could always be worse. That's how people feel guilty for suffering. You should yep. never feel guilty for suffering. You know? Um... If you got shot, you wouldn't feel guilty for being in pain with a bullet wound. You shouldn't feel guilty for being in pain mentally. Like, just because you can't show somebody the pain doesn't mean it's not there. So to all you, oh, it could be better. Well, you got to look at it. Shut the fuck up, all right? If they wanted to look at it that way, that's how they would approach you in the, in the statement. Be there for people. Do the work. Be the friend that you want. You, if you were suffering or going through it, you wouldn't want somebody to just write it off. Like, oh, the, the Lord has blessed you. And... You know, just keep a stiff upper lip and it'll shut the fuck up. All right. Like, yes, life does suck sometimes. As a suicide survivor, I can say that with 100% certainty. And anyone who says that they've never thought about or wanted to just disappear, not be alive, die, however you put it, they're lying. Anyone who says that they've never doubted God's existence, lying. Lying. You know, so, and sometimes, you know, people try to use people like us to make themselves feel better about themselves. Fuck those people. That's why none of them will ever be great anyway. Exactly. I fuck with that. That do that. I'm like inspired right now. So you should be. No, I'm, I, dude, I'm, I'm also I'm, a motivational speaker. No, yeah, just, this isn't I'm actually not even recording right now. This is just for me. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even a show. Like no, dude, my mic's not even, Instagram. This isn't even plugged in. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Jesus. <laughs> I, I had a great segue, but I'm going to do it this way now instead. So okay. your other medication is music, obviously. Now let's dive in to present day with your upcoming release on May 4th called Kyber Tapes. What mm. was the driving force behind that? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that out. I wrote it. <laughs> nailed it. Fuck yeah. yeah. You nailed that one. That's like dead on. Yeah, dude. Say, Woo. So... Back to referencing that R and Beats Volume One again. Yep, there was a song on there with Kylo Ren's voice called "Power of the Darkness." At the time, it was just a tribute to Star Wars. 
Okay, I know I'm about to go all over the place with this album creation, how it came about. Well, well, explain what Cabaret Tapes is and what what it what's behind it first, because most people probably might might not know Star Wars and all that. So maybe give a brief description on that, and then how you dove into it. So the Cairo tapes, uh, people who even aren't familiar with Star Wars know about lightsabers. Lightsabers are powered by Kyber crystals. Kyber crystals turn different colors based on like who you are as a person, your beliefs and the force, the type of force uh, that you use, because if you're a dark side user, you can really, actually you can use any color lightsaber blade technically, but that's a whole nother story. We're getting deep into it now. Yeah. But the Kyber crystals power the lightsabers. Kyber crystals, um, you know, you form a connection with your Kyber crystal. It's going to be with you for life. Uh, and I wanted to kind of use just the, the theology, is that theology, the philosophy of the Kyber crystal to create something that's very unique, things that we haven't seen in Star Wars before that I've personally wanted to see. And we'll probably never see like a conversation between Kylo Ren and Anakin Skywalker, conversation between Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader, um, that kind of stuff. So, um, and I think there are nine of them for the nine movies and the three trilogies. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it was, and I'm, we're definitely gonna do another one. But it was, it was fantastic to be able to set the mood with those kind of conversations musically. And then also come in with the fantastic voice acting of Kevin Cabral, who also helped with writing the script of things. Funk Lord Vader on uh, social media. Um, and it came out, you know, it came together to be something very special and we we're very excited to share it. And I know that sounds cliche too, but golly, I'm sorry. Hey, but, it works, it works. Yeah, yeah, we're very excited for people to hear it. Um, and I'm even more excited to start the next one, you know. I um, uh, I had the pleasure of you sending me the link and I, I listened to it. I feel like most hosts would be like, yeah, it sounds good. I actually listened to it, all right? I sat down, yeah. put it in my headphones. I'm gonna go with this. Number the first song you okay. I'm gonna to talk to you about being a musician real quick because I have a lot of questions about this. So number okay. one, it was it's clouded, right? Good start. It's like a great start for an album. Very electric. I like it. Now number two, okay, passion. Why is number two the number two track on every album the best? I feel like that's a thing. Number two or three on every album is always. I feel like is the best. Oh, one of probably the, the first, probably because the first couple get you in the mood, and I think like I, I look at I look at those three tracks as maybe like a combo, a combination. Yeah, you know, like one is maybe a left hook, the next one's a jab, and the last one's like an uppercut, and you on the ground like what the fuck happened? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know? what just happened to me? But I, I think that's what it is. I think like the second track, the reason it comes off like that, I think it's the only way people can say that about second track is if the first track's good. Yeah, um, and, and okay. I think that both of those things working together are indicative of your experience moving forward with the project. You know, um, I, just, I just always felt that, that the number two song on every album, I'm like you know, what? it's either like the radio hit or it's like their best hit. It's like one of the, yeah. it's one of the two, and I always always wondered that. Probably because so that first song sometimes you notice too on people's albums is like they're to make an artistic statement. Yeah, like even on Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On." that album like the first song is what's going on but i think the best song on that album is uh what's happening but oh i think it's actually the second song on that album. yeah dude that's what i'm saying yeah. so i think i think the first one is kind of like i mean i guess it's the difference between like having a prologue and then a chapter one maybe or maybe even hey chapter one was good but chapter two we really getting into it now you know the credits aren't on the screen anymore you know we, yeah we can see just straight what's going on you know we, we i think it's too is when you as the listener realize like hey I'm, I'm i'm with this you know 
It, it reminds me of the album uh, It's Dark and Hell is Hot by DMX, the intro song. It's like not even the name of a song. It's just called Intro. And like Mike yeah. Tyson came out to it and it was like the baddest thing in the world that he came out to. It was like so badass. Um, yeah, shout out to DMX. Shout out to DMX. <laughs> and then um, then Blinded by Choice is really good because they, they, the conversations between um, Luke and Darth Vader is really good. I like that. The, like, the voice acting, I didn't even realize. Like, I was like, I thought it was from the movie. And then I would hear words i'm like wait i was like i was like this is like totally different and it was, it's, yeah that's all kevin yeah that's he does a really good job uh, i like that that's a lot. anakin and darth vader by the way oh my bad my bad yeah that's it's, what we were talking it's all about good. yeah that's a brain farting over here it's um, all good but it's good i like it a lot and then number six the light it sounds like an actual song that you would use in like a movie sequence i'm not just pumping your gases right now i pump you know, even pumping if you were tires. i appreciate it it's been a long week no i'm just playing. yeah and it's it, it's like one of those ones that it's like when like they're just walking down or whatever and they're just playing in the background like that's the that was the feeling i got i appreciate that's actually the feeling i was going for just like the one with uh Sidious. i was going for like horror movie vibes yep you know yeah it's very it's scary it's funk. It's funky Star Wars, which I like. So I, I had another idea. Now the Cantina Band, right? Mad about me? You mm-hmm. gotta like cover that, but make it like mad slower. Like, dude, 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 you gotta do somewhat of a cover off that. That's like an iconic song that people love. And that's why I'm afraid of doing a cover on it because I'm not trying to get any legal. So I covered a Jimi Hendrix song on that first album, Butterflies, Rainbows, and Moonbeams. And when I realized like the process to cover like well well known you know artists or like you know properties like that, I did, it was one cries Mary. After that, I was like, yeah, I need to. Uh, I, I'm just afraid of fucking up. Like yeah. in terms of the covering, like okay, you know, I don't want to get sued, and it's just easier to not. Yeah, but if you if you like change like the name or like it's like the whole Vanilla Ice Queen thing, and when he was like, it, my song went ding 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 ding, ding. theirs went ding 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 ding, ding. like. You can get back. Yeah, and I'm kind of right? like, you stole that for that ride. I mean, you can say what you want. <laughs> I know. Yeah, like what what are we talking about? Like what <laughs> you know, I went one, two, three. He went one, two, T-H-R-E-E. Yeah. Like, bro, there's still three. But okay. How long so, does yeah. it take an album like that to get made? And do you ever get Carver frustrated? It took like two months. Two, three months. We uh we had two or three meetings. The first meeting. We talked about the conversations we wanted to have and like the feel like, hey, what kind of instruments do you hear? Because the instruments, now that we're talking about the album, by yep. the way, we will have vinyls. The oh, instruments yeah. on the album are actually all representative of a character. I'm not going to say which instruments represent each person because then, you know, but you'll listen to it and you'll start to hear like, hey, every time Anakin talks, I hear this instrument or every time Obi-Wan's talking, I hear this instrument or that kind of thing. That's cool. Um, I like that a lot. I'm yeah, to go back. And then the second one, second meeting, I produced, I had all the beats. So I sent them to Kevin and we listened to him. Started coming up with the uh uh script. Sorry. Started coming up with the script. And then uh the last one, he sent me the vocals, slapped them on there, sent them back to him to hear his demos, and then sent them off to get mastered. So obviously Kyber Tapes comes out on May 4th for obvious reasons. Right. If you don't understand that, if you know, you know, if you don't kick rocks. So where are people going to be able to find it? Everywhere. Everywhere that you find any other music, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube. Uh, yeah, anywhere you can listen to music. And you can also go to Joe. I just bit my tongue. You can. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. You can go to JoeBarkstep.com because we'll have merch, um, including the vinyls. 
Um, I don't think we're going to do physical CDs because. Yeah, it's sad. Especially when you bring up CDs these these days, people just think you're trying to do a pun, you know, like CDs nuts in your mouth or something like that. I'm that guy. I do that. (laughs) You want two CDs? Two CDs what? Two CDs nuts? Yes. I'm that guy. Or like Malone. Do you know that one? No. You know, my boy Malone said, what's up? He's like, who's Malone? Malone dick in your mouth. Oh, I'm using that today. (laughs) I'm using that today. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm also 13. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was born on a leap. Yeah. yeah, that stuff will be on joebarksdale.com. Um, I'm very excited about this vinyl, I'm not gonna lie to you, just because this will be my first vinyl, you know, of a project. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, for, yeah, my dude, first that's project. A big, as, that's as a big step, yeah. So, I'm I'm trying to keep it cool, but I'm like pissing myself with excitement, but I'm trying to be, you know, be cool. Be cool. Yeah. Be cool, Joe. Be cool. <laughs> Joe cool, cool, baby. Yeah. You know, so I smoke menthols. I don't smoke <laughs> menthols. <laughs> they, they're illegal up here now. You can't even buy them in Massachusetts. They got rid of them. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. They're just like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> Go to New Hampshire and get them. <laughs> I mean, they may be deadly. You know, just maybe. Yeah. And just a little bit, just a little bit. Now people talk to us about being suicidal. Y'all don't want smoking menthols. That's that's what I'm saying. They say we have mental problems. I'm like, I wouldn't like smoking rat poisoning. These cigarettes will kill you for sure. Yeah, his twelve. I've never seen anybody make it through a pack of cigarettes either, or a carton. Like, oh, I have. Because no, no, no. I mean, like, you pull the cigarettes out. Every smoker in the five mile radius is. Oh, hey, bro, you think I can get a? Yeah, think I can get a. Can I get a Lucy? Yeah, and it's like, you can get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I could never do it. It's like gum. It was like gum in high school. Like, oh, yeah, you pull out gum, and everyone's like, the, the zombies came out. They were like, give me a piece yeah. of gum. And it's like, you know what, though? That is that is everyone's first time dealing with, like, moochers and hangers on. Yeah. And people don't realize it. I realized that my first time having gum in class. I was like, wow, people are actually really nice to me when yep. I have something to give them. I remember one time I took like my life savings to school, which was at the time like $85. But uh, that's, no, that's what mine this... is now. <laughs> <laughs> and I show up with this like fat ass bankroll, and everyone's just like, oh, oh, what's up, bro? Can I, you know, can I hold a dollar? Can I have a dollar? Like people who used to bully me or whatever were just like so nice to me for this day. And ever since then, I realized if you want people to like you, you have to be rich. Yep. That's the only way. Yeah, that's the only way. Like, fuck being a good person. Yep. You know, doing good by people, community service. No, 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 baby. You need to hit the lot. Go buy some Dogecoin. Yeah, come to the dark side and be rich. <laughs> <laughs> but then you make money and you realize, like, no, you're just the same miserable piece of shit. You just can, you know, you can cry in a bigger house now. <laughs> yeah, you can just buy better better things to kill yourself with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shaved 40 seconds off my suicide time with the Black & Decker knife set. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Oh my God! Thanks, Black and Decker. I hate my family. <laughs> Not only do I hate my family, I hate myself. That too. Yeah. Oh man. So Star Wars. Who would you get in a battle with? Just for like choreographer, choreography with uh, what character? Like who would you who would you want to go toe to toe with? Obi Wan. Yeah. Because I got so mad when they would not let Anakin go back home and check on his mama. Yeah. You know, oh, that's oh, a, dude. Anything. That's like a pro. Oh, I like that sticking up for him. Yeah, I got so mad. Like this man's been having nightmares for how long? He's supposed to be the chosen one, but y'all just uh, ignore you. Deny your feelings, Anakin. No, fuck that. 
Yeah. My mom's being tortured by sand people. <laughs> that is very interesting. That's like a metaphor for like our conversation right now. Like letting yeah. out your feelings. Wow. See, I would have just went like with Yoda because he's little and I just fucking, I want to fight a little guy that's shorter than me and I would probably get killed within like three seconds. So it's, it's, a, it's a win-win, I think. That's real. You could just use the Floyd Mayweather technique and run from him the whole time. Yeah, why do sure. wife beaters, why are wife beaters always so soft? That's you true. ever noticed that? The dudes that hit women are the softest. Very soft. Like, it's even just... in sports. Like, I mean, you get a couple cats like Ray Rice, who, you know, I mean, for all we know, that was a one-time isolated incident because he actually hits people. But, like, you make a career by running away from people in the ring. Let me relax. Let me relax. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you need to hit these dudes. You need to bring that same energy from the bedroom to the fighting ring. That's all I'm saying, yep. right? If yep. your wife is going to get punched for not having a TV on Channel 64, like... At least let this dude get punched for trying to punch you. Like, you know, uh, uh, who am I? Who am I? <laughs> I'm, you're Joe Bar- Barksdale, dude. Yeah, I'm just some random mentally ill dude that try that's trying his hand at comedy and music. Hey, you know? it's dude. I'm loving it. I'm a fan. I'll, dude, I appreciate. That. If you come out to Boston, I'll be there, and you better not forget who I am. I definitely want to come up to Boston. One of my comedic heroes is from Boston, Bill Burr. Oh, actually, oh. and Patrice O'Neill. Patrice O'Neill is a legend. Bill Burr is one of the best comedians, and uh, me and my wife would see him all the time, like at the Wilbur Theater. We got like front row tickets. He is the nicest guy after shows too. He like stay really? there with you. Oh my god, he's the best. He's Bro, a legend. Bill Burr. Yeah, he's a legend around it. Yeah, Boston has like a lot of uh, comedians. And I shout know. out to Bill Burr, uh, Patrice O'Neill, anybody we forget. Don't take it personal. We just we don't have much time here. All right. Yeah, <laughs> we got all the but time. Bill, if you ever want to, uh... <laughs> oh dude, yeah, <laughs> you ever want to come... hang out. I don't know if he's a big Star Wars guy though. I don't think he is. I think he makes fun oh, of all that stuff. It don't matter. Like we could just <laughs> we could hang out just as comedians. Who would be uh who would be on your other top comedians? Not not from Mass. Not Richard from, Pryor. Yeah, he, he's uh, uh Richard uh, Pryor, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock. Yeah, I said Bill Burr. I said Patrice O'Neill. There's this cat that I found. Oh, and Roy Wood Jr. I've been following him since college. And there's this new comedian that I found. He's not new. He's been doing comedy for a while. Gastor Almonte. Gastor Almonte. He's from East New York, Brooklyn. Um, And those are like my two favorite new comedians. Gotcha. New to you? Yeah. What about Hamburger Jones? Hamburger. Have you ever seen I've him? I've never heard of Hamburger oh, Jones. Oh, look up. He's, he's on the old school deaf comedy jams like Martin Lawrence. He came out with a cowboy okay. hat. And after every joke, he'd be like, Hamburger. <laughs> Look him up. It's ridiculous. You know, okay. I don't know why I love it, but it, you'll never forget him after you see him. Hamburger Jones. Hamburger, and you'll be just, saying it. When you said Hamburger Jones, I thought of Chicken George. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh. But, but when you see him do stand-up, you'll, you'll be saying it for like a week after like I did. I'd be saying like, Hamburg. Hamburger. He's the best. I check him out. Um, now, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Let's, let's go back to music real quick. And if you... What is like your go-to music that you would suggest to people or music that you put you in like a good mood at all times? Like if you're having a bad day and you throw on what, like Marvin Gaye or do you, what do you, what do you got? Yeah. Like that classic soul. Um, something about that music you can just feel too, you know, even if, you know, you don't got to sing along with everything, but like Marvin Gaye, uh, Sly and the Family Stone, Stevie Wonder. Sufjan Stevens. Okay. That's a random. I know that's like <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, like yeah, like, that, that's the haymaker. I've been listening to his carrying, carrying Laurel, Laurel, the, the the album that he made about his mom dying. Okay, that he didn't know. Um, I resonate with that album a lot. 
I'm going to throw and... that on right after this. Well, throw it on after you listen to Kyber Tapes. Listen to Kyber Tapes, then, then throw this on. It's for the people listening right now. Throw, there you go. Throw, throw this on after you listen to Kyber Tapes. You're going to go from like being incredibly motivated and inspired to like, whoa, life's pretty heavy, bro. Yeah. And then go right back to it. And then, then you go back, keep, right back to it. Yeah. You just keep going around and around. What would be your Kid, like. Kid Cudi, uh, Kanye West, and Drake, too. Those three. Oh, okay. That's good. Hey, that's good, too. You got good taste. Emotional rap. There's some good emotional rap out there. Then sometimes yeah. it's like throwing on gangster rap and just making that's sure true. I don't say the bad words. Yeah, sometimes you got to throw on the Gucci man and, you know, just not, don't say the fucks. You can say everything else, but not the fucks. You can you say know, frick. Just... <laughs> just, just say heck of frick and you'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> now, what would you know, be... When it comes to the N-word, just do you. Here's what I don't understand about the N-word. <laughs> As African-Americans in this country, we fought for civil rights, not equal rights, just civil rights. So we don't even have 100% of rights yet and we're trying to take control of a word? I don't understand. I, I, not to mention, like, we didn't even create the word. You know, it's like, ah, this is a great word. You know what? We probably shouldn't use it after 1964, like, <laughs> in public anyway. But I mean, it's, it's that's always been weird to me because it's not like Black people made up the word. But And I don't know any word anywhere else that anybody, like, I can't think of another word that someone could stay on stage right now no matter where they are, and people are like, oh, oh, I, you're only supposed to say that at home. You know. Yeah, that's out of my pay grade. I don't know. Uh... I don't know where that came. Like, it, that always confused me. You know? I can only imagine. Yeah. Mental yeah, health and racism, I feel like, kind of kind of link up every so often. Yeah. Sorry for bringing it up. I've... No. You brought I mean, it up. With the N-word, like, I think about that as a black person, like, and like we broke into the country, like got brought here, and then we get treated like shit. It's like I don't understand. You need to be happy that we're beating the shit out of you, and you're not back home in Africa with your family. That doesn't make any sense yeah. whatsoever. Did you know the first slave owner in the country was actually uh, African? He wasn't white. I want to say uh, I didn't know that because I feel like there's going to be a joke coming right now, and I don't want to say the wrong, the wrong thing. Oh no! That was, that was, no, I, mean, I, I did not know that actually. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. I actually have a, uh, I do have a bit about it where I'm like acting out like someone who sees the first slave. Like I only read about these in the Bible. I didn't realize they were real. So you telling me that instead of picking my own cotton, cutting my own sugar cane, fucking my own daughter, that I can have somebody else do it for me? I want that guy. I want him, the big one, that looks like he can play football, which hasn't been invented yet, but it will be as a result of this. <laughs> oh, my God. This has been fantastic. No, before before we go, what would be back to music? What would be... What would, what would, we got to go from music to racism right back to music. That's, right? that's going to be the name of this episode. Like, back to music. Molestation. Back to music. I tried to kill myself. This back is gonna, to music. Yeah, I'm going to give you the file and you got to make this uh, like a remix. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your theme song if you came out? Like, like you came out to the ring, cage fighting. Um, what do you got? Like, what is your pump-up jam that you're coming out swinging? Got anything good? I feel like you're going to hit me with something something good. And if you don't... I will come out, and this song is incredibly aggressive, but it's a song that I've loved, like, forever. Gucci Man first day out. Like, he had just got out of jail, trying to get back in the studio to get his uh, music back on. 
and he just delivers some of the most i don't i just got out of jail i don't give a fuck bars i've ever i mean it's nothing crazy like but just like the song and what it means to me like i'm starting off my day with a blunt of perp no pancakes just a cup of syrup you know baking soda pot in the silver sport you already know it's time to go to work i'm back off in the kitchen working with a chicken you get 63 grams for like 12 50 50 pounds of perp 50 pounds of midget as soon as it's gone something another 60 my baby needs to use my need a purse summer coming real soon so i need a vert to hop up out that van with that duffel bag and if it n-word try me i'm a bus's ass i'm counting up money in my living room Birds everywhere, I call it the chicken room. Pills in the cabinet, pounds in the den. Attic full of guns, basement full of Benjamin. See, there's no there's no chorus. There's no hook. It just keeps going. You're just going. And it's like so aggressive. Like, yeah, I feel like, like Gucci back, bitch. I feel like you huh? can get him on a track. You think so? I, maybe. You could probably pay him money to be like a 15-second cameo for the yeah, intro. Yeah, for like, what, $300,000? Like, no. I want to say his cameo, if he had one, would be like probably like two fifty. dollars Two hundred fifty thousand dollars? No, just two hundred fifty bucks. Like Juicy J is like I think like six hundred. We'll see. Would you look into that? I like Gucci Man Lemonade. I like that song a lot. I love that song. That I piano love is Man. awesome. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that, that's a so great you, one. you're a Zaytoven fan too. What's that? He makes a lot of Gucci Man's beats. He's, oh, a, okay. he's he a lot of Gucci Man stuff. Zaytoven, like whenever you hear them organs and them keys, Zaytiggy. Mm, I like that. See, I'm just I'm just a music listener. You're a music lover. I just I that's why I talk to people like you to educate me on the music side. I love music. I was a big I was a big '90s hip hop guy. Okay, that's my jam. Like you, you throw on some Beastie Boys. Uh, I like the Beastie Boys. Like late late '80s too, like the Run DMCs. I was a, like first rap music I heard as a kid was the Fat Boys. Oh damn! Yeah, that was like I thought Sabaro Pizza was like the only pizza you can get in the world, and uh, it wasn't. <laughs> like, like they were my jam. Um, yeah, I love music. That's the type of music I love. I love everything. Like, um, like everything we talked about today, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely yeah. love music. Music is is such like a medication for me. Like, I'll be driving to work upset, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna throw some music on, and just aggressively cry this whole time. <laughs> Which is okay. Yeah, I aggressively cry sometimes too. Like. You have to. Like let I keep it saying, like life is fucking hard, and when you realize that, damn, I'm a however much longer I'm gonna be alive, I'm gonna be taking medicine, meeting with a therapist twice a week, taking yeah. medication. You know, I mean, meeting with a psychiatrist once a month, trying not to kill myself every day for the rest of my life. I didn't ask for this. Boom! Now you cry. Yeah. Now the police officer's wondering why you're on the side of the road. You know what I'm saying? Cry. And I'm like, life is hard. And he's like, it's about to get a little harder. Get out of the car. You fit a description. Yeah. And you have the lightsaber in your hand. <laughs> it's a lightsaber shaped gun. Let him have it. Get him. Why do all these black guys have these lightsaber shaped guns? Oh, these big nerds. Weird. Um, now I asked, I don't know if um, three things you're grateful for do you can you name three that's kind of outside the box the little things in life i feel like we're all thankful for family friends mental humor, humor. i like it i like it um, you yeah, need that yeah like i mean that's who i am like i tell people all the time like you have a good childhood or are you funny <laughs> that's awesome i you love that um authenticity too many people get on stage, too many people get on social media trying to be somebody who they think people want them to be as opposed to being themselves. Yeah. Very, yeah, I'm very big on authenticity. Uh, and honestly, drugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, there's, 
Yeah, like I'm thankful for drugs. And I'm talking both like recreational and uh medicinal. Because when you think about it, they're kind of the same thing. Right. You gotta get you gotta get the good ones that, that go with I feel like drugs, the word drugs is too negative, has a negative connotation on it. I feel like we need a new word for like good drugs. I just feel like we just need to keep saying drugs until people realize that the word was created to mean this and this is what it's gonna mean. Well, it's take like it motherfuckers back. that messed up literally and figuratively. Now they done changed the definition of li- Woo! I hate human beings, boy. I hate them. Like, what the? F- Sorry, that uh, doesn't make sense to me. And things that don't make sense to me immediately piss me off. Yeah, that's a that's a healthy way. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, go take it out on a homeless person. No, I'm just kidding. yeah, that crazy homeless guy. You got yeah. mental health. I got mental health. Let's fight about it. Yeah, we we box about it. It's usually one sided because he doesn't even know we're fighting. But I won. Yeah, hey, a win's a win, man. You had yeah. you didn't get a lot of wins in in your football career, so you got to take them now. You know, I ain't got to get a lot of wins in life. I mean, no, now you're winning. You're on top now. You're coming out with Kyber tapes. You got a beautiful family. You got all those lightsabers in the back. You get you're doing big things, man. Not yet. I will be one day. Well, like I told, I had a, another interview today, and I told the dude like, when I win the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor, and I get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'll be a winner there. Set goals high. Yeah, why not? Like, fuck, why else but, would I be doing this? But fuck Everybody that. Want to be the best. Fuck that guy's interview. You had a lot more fun on this one. This is true. I actually, it's weird though because his was. Uh, no, not for real. It was actually a cool interview. Yeah, but his was the, like on the radio, and I probably dropped just as many f bombs. Oh no way, no way. I am very quickly becoming like the Richard Pryor of, uh, <laughs> of music interviews. Like you just gotta bleep it, just bleep it out. He's yeah, gonna, just... but when they when they do the bleep, they gotta make it the Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars lightsaber. <laughs> That'd be sick, dude. Like yeah, these niggas. Yeah, my That's the fucking pussy. Oh, you didn't bleep out the fuck. No. That's Zoom. another thing I don't get. People will bleep out God, but not damn. Like when someone says God damn, so you'll just hear, yeah, you know, I just walked up to him. I'm like, damn. Like, hold yeah. on. So you can say damn, but you can okay. What? But God's on the money. And you believe in his name? I don't understand. I don't understand. I love uh I love bleeps when Friday, the movie Friday was on like TNT, they had to bleep it out. It's like funk you, funk you. I'm like, this is the bell, funk you up, Smokey. I'm like, dude. Yeah, like, who thought this was a good idea? I know someone had to go in the booth and say that shit to dub over Chris Tucker. Like, I, I always, I always find that. What do you so- do for a living, Tom? Oh, I do a uh, politically correct overdubs. Yeah. You may have seen my work. You know, Friday, Passion of the Christ. Yep. Uh, Mein Kampf. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> but Joe, I appreciate you you taking the time to chat with me. This has been super fun, and I needed this type of laugh today because I, I didn't get any good laughs yet. And this was this was a real treat. But let's end. I with appreciate this. you hanging with me, man. Dude, this was a, you're like my friend now. So that's that's a, that's what we're gonna do now. We're gonna chat. Well, here's all the, the time. deal: you got the on a serious note, you do have my information. So whenever you want me to come back, I am a phone call away. I'm like the hospital, except I'll actually be there. No, I'm just pointing. <laughs> I appreciate it. But tell everybody where they can find you. Talk about where they can find Kyber tapes. Obviously, they can find on Spotify, iTunes, but where can people find you? What can they do to help you? Give it to me. So I have a website. Um, I'm not on it, but I'm a part of it. It's called www.texassexoffenders.com. Um, if you, I'm just playing. Uh, dude, I, I, I started to laugh, and I didn't know if I should. And I, I was like, is he being serious? If you saw my face, I was like, fuck, I shouldn't have laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my, my website is uh, joebarksdale.com. Um, you can also find me on social media at jbdale72. 
that was as creative as I could get at the time. Yeah, that sounds like um, it. But yeah, that's you know that's where you can find me at. Um, and I actually follow your podcast, so anyone who's following your podcast should be able to find me pretty easily too, yeah, whether you're on sure Twitter you or Instagram. My man, now I feel cool because yeah. you have like a check mark, and I think you're the only check mark person that follows me. So you're <sighs> sorry. I mean, I appreciate... uh, one day I'll earn the check mark. I'll put it like that. I know people are like, oh, you've already earned the check mark. You played in the NFL. And my response is like, I wouldn't try to kill myself if I thought that I was actually doing something in the fucking NFL. What I have? I'd be too busy winning games and be happy. But the good fucking thing is. NFL. No, I'm just good, playing. But the good thing is our, pa- our paths aligned us to have this interview. So this is true. Meant to be. It was meant to be, my friend. Well, Joe, this is true. thank you so much. I got nothing but love for you. Hey, man, I love Same you. Same here. Yeah, say it back. Yeah, tell me you love me. I... Oh, I love you too. Okay, now I can go to bed. <laughs> Jesus Christ, go to bed. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Like I said, you ever want me back again, just, you know, give me a call. You got my number? Uh, no, but I will take it. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.